Welcome to Creation Curve Leadership. This is Coach and Kimberly Colbertson. And this is Episode 6, The Latte Art Principle. Tonight we have the pleasure of interviewing two of my favorite people in Austin, James and Sandy Hughes. They own and operate Stout House Coffee Pub. Did I say your name wrong? No. <laughs> James already rolling his eyes at me. We just started this deal. Man, anyway. I feel important. You are important. You are. You are very important to me. Okay, now listen. Every time that I mention coffee in Austin to anybody, the first thing out of their mouths, and listen, I go all over the nation, literally. I was... Um, actually in Chicago, and I was talking to one of my students about coffee shops. And I'm like, oh, do you know James and Sandy? And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Are you serious? I, I don't know who they were. Somehow they knew you, hmm. and they knew about Stout House. Wow. So you are famous. You may not know this, but you are. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Chicago. So Stout House is my favorite place in Austin to go. It's kind of obnoxious how much it's her favorite place to go. I mean, it's seriously. True. It's true. Um, one of my friends mm-hmm. recently told me, I have no idea what you do, but you go to Stat House a lot, and you really like pictures of coffee. <laughs> I think it was like the top nine of your last nine pictures on Instagram were at Stout House. It's true. Right? Five of them were pictures of coffee. Five of them, mm-hmm. And the other one was like picture a picture of me and Stout House. <laughs> me with people at Stout mm-hmm. House. As a matter of fact, the the uh, artwork for our Christian Curve Leadership website is was taken at Stout House. That's true. That's true. Oh, it's us sitting outside of Stout House, um, laughing and talking. We have a really great picture from that. Very cool. Oh, I'd love to see that. Part of it is because on Instagram, your top nine is about how many people liked your coffee. Or <laughs> I have coffee on the brain. How many people like your pictures? Those make your top nine. So my pictures that get liked the most on Instagram are pictures of Stout House latte art because it's that good. Nice. I always wondered what those top nine were. Yeah, it's just uh, the most popular pictures in your Instagram feed. Gotcha. And mine are all about Stout House. I have a four-year-old son and a great husband, (laughs) and my whole (laughs) top nine is about Stout House coffee pub. So (laughs) I should tell you something (laughs) awesome. So um, where are we going now? This this episode is called The Latte Art Principle, and this conversation came about because, as um, is evidenced by our introduction recently, I really like latte art, and I feel like it changes the experience of drinking coffee for me, and now I've become kind of a snob, and that is pretty much your fault, James and Sandy. So I used to be able to go to just any coffee shop and order a mocha, and be very satisfied with that. And now, when it's not pretty, I'm kind of pissed off about that. Like, where is the pretty part of this experience for me? And so I was talking to um, two friends of mine, Sam and Abby, who, um, Abby's actually a barista at Stat House, who we met at Stat House, and Sam is, was a barista at a different coffee shop. And they were explaining to me, they actually can't do latte art unless the coffee has certain qualities. And so if there's good latte art, it's a good sign that the latte is actually good. And so we wanted to talk about that tonight in the Creation Curve Leadership Podcast to talk about what are those qualities and how does that make an interesting metaphor Mm -hmm. for how we approach leadership um, in whatever the context is, whether we're leading a coffee shop or trying to create something beautiful 
or building a culture or trying to have a productive team. Um, so we're going to start by just asking James and Sandy to tell us a little bit about what makes a good latte and what is the process that goes into making a pretty tulip or whatever the design is on the top of your latte art. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. We can go uh, several directions here, but um, Abby and Sam are right in that there's a certain quality that you need uh, to make latte art. Latte art involves the proper steaming of milk. It's called frothing, and you're stretching the milk. You're you're rehomogenizing milk by adding very hot steam to it, and it's swirling. It's 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 doubling in size, and done correctly, it can be very beautiful. It's like looking at like a marshmallowy, nice wet paint texture. So when that is introduced to espresso, because you need to make latte art, you need a good heavy, dense coffee. And it can't just be brewed coffee. It needs to be espresso to make definition. For instance, when we go to the local um, barista competitions locally in town, there's a competition of, of two people, and they go head-to-head, and they steam milk. Usually they're requested to pour a certain design, and then whoever pours the best design, there's a judge there. There's three judges usually that will decide what the best latte art is. Okay. So that's a very fast-paced thing we're doing for art purpose, not for taste. So, yes, you have to steam your milk properly. But, like, in that in that situation, they're just, they're, you know, pulling out shots. And, and so when you drink it, it's not going to be the most perfect say latte you've ever tasted but it's gonna it possibly could be the most beautiful so that's where i think maybe james thought of the contradiction however like barista thunderdome right yeah yeah exactly exactly (laughs) welcome to the thunderdome yeah it's it's exactly how it is it's not as pretty but it's effective yeah yeah they're trying to win a cash pot so um you know wait to come to one of these can i come with you absolutely they're monthly at our local shops and you can get online to tnt atx on facebook let's say um and it'll give you all the details on where it's going to be held monthly so you can observe you can you can even participate (laughs) as someone who's never (laughs) touched a machine never poured latte art there believe it or not there's people that show up and say hey i want to try this and they don't do anything but it's kind of like it's their first step you know um and so having you know a few friends in the game we could definitely hook you up and you know you could get some practice in I would be very happy. My my one thing on my bucket list for this year is to learn how to make coffee art. Good, good. So I, I would take you up on on any I think any help that you happen. wanted to offer in that. Nice. You need a bigger bucket list because that one's going to be easy. <laughs> I've heard it's kind of hard. It was hard. I tried yesterday. So Ben for um for Valentine's Day, Ben got us, but really me, if we're honest, uh, a little espresso machine so I could at least start to learn how to make espresso, and how to froth milk. 
but I know the machine won't do, you know, what your machine at Stathouse can do. And so I, some people have suggested it's impossible to make latte art at all, but I think it's, I'm going to give it a shot. But I tried it twice. I made zero art. So, so far, I would not win that competition. But it's fun to try. But it's fun to try, and the latte still tastes good, yeah. but not as good as Stathouse. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll add a little bit, um, and Sandy alluded to it, uh, <clears throat> that Sam and Abby are right that 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 the effect of the latte art presentation can't happen properly without it's primarily the quality of the steam steamed milk and that it's not too bubbly it's called microfoam like sandy said it's going to have a wet paint look um and then the milk is steamed right but then there's the hand of of the of the barista that has right. to be steady and practiced and we're uh, I and say. Can you I'll, explain exactly how they do it? Because I was fascinated when I found out it's by pouring. It's not by drawing or anything. Yeah. yeah. Right. Can you explain it? Yeah. Uh, it's hard. I know yeah. it's, you know, only auditory. <laughs> but. Yeah. You'll pour, pour directly into the center of an angled cup with espresso in it at a steady, not too fast and not too slow pace. And then as the milk as the, as it begins to reach the rim, you drop closer with the steam pitcher to the surface of the espresso, which allows the milk to lay on top. So when it's higher and your first pours, it it goes into, and then you want to lay that down a little bit, and then you can begin to work on your designs. So the rest would take too long to describe, and and you. I'm gonna listen to that like twelve times while yeah. I'm trying to learn how to make latte art. We we'll ha we have some great <laughs> links we can send you to. I'm already thinking of the videos I'm going to send. Yes. <laughs> so, and I think the point I want to make is the espresso can be pulled perfectly. The milk can be steamed perfectly. The The steady hand of the barista takes uh, more practice than anything. So, and it is very difficult to get the milk steamed right. And just like golf, you can lose your swing. You can... <laughs> You can go from being able to pour seven-layer tulips to not even be able to pour a heart. Um, so with all the experience in the world, it can leave you uh, without without practice. And I think where I want to where I want to take this next would speak more into our values uh, in Stout House. And it is it, to to make latte art. This city is a is a is a coffee town. There's great shops in Austin. Definitely. There's shops that pour incredible latte art and particular shops whose teams win all the competitions. Mm -hmm. um, we knew we have, uh, we're, we're the least experienced in the coffee business and when we were starting Stout House. So we had a personally a long way to go to not just learn how to pour latte art, but just make great coffee. And, but our, our vision for Stout House went, goes way beyond latte art so right I, for sure yeah i i told our opening staff team that we love latte art and we're going to work hard and train everybody and give you the freedom to practice latte art but i want i wanted our team to know our customers may not leave with a beautiful cup of coffee but they will leave with a tasty cup of coffee so the where i will disagree a little bit about is just because the art didn't come out great doesn't mean it's not going to taste fabulous. It has nothing, generally nothing to do with the flavor 
for the coffee. There is an enhanced experience, no doubt. But our coffee will taste great. Right. And in, in fairness to my barista friends, they weren't saying you have to have latte art for the coffee to taste good. Mm-hmm. But they're saying if they're able to make latte art in the coffee, they probably made you a really good latte. Probably. Yeah. So yeah. It, you yeah. can't make the latte art without a good coffee. Right. Essentially, without good espresso and good milk. And the foundation to all that is great equipment, great coffee, and great people. Mm-hmm. and great training and if the shot pulls in the in the amount of time it should pull in and you steam the milk uh to the proper temperature we're going to generally get you a great tasting cup of coffee and then the fun stuff is trying to make it very beautiful and and as owners we wanted to encourage our team towards that but also take the stress off because it can be um you're putting yourself out there when we know right. kimberly's coming in and <laughs> She's going to be pissed if it's not beautiful because <laughs> her podcast said so. <laughs> and so now Sorry, there's guys. pressure. <laughs> I mean, not pissed at the person. Okay. No, 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 um, no. We know what you I'm mean. I'm a jerk, but I just like pretty things. Right. But I will say, um, as we switch gears a little bit, the things I love the most about Stout House really aren't the latte art. But I, I just found myself feeling like a jerk because I was so I was so fascinated by how beautiful the coffee was and I felt like it really you know my dad calls like a latte frou-frou coffee Mm -hmm. he used to be a trucker way back in the day and so like he's like offended by coffee that's not horrible you know yeah and so so I have this little chip in me that's like you know you're you're like obsessed about something that doesn't really matter. And so that's why I found it interesting to have this conversation that like it kind of matters. It's not the only thing that matters, but let's switch gears a little bit and talk about Stout House and about your vision for Stout House, because you already said it's more than latte art. And my experience of Stout House is way more than latte art. I actually came to know you guys because my son was in preschool, maybe like four minutes away from where you guys opened Stout House. And I would drive to the nearest coffee shop and work there, and it was fine. It was great. My friend, Terry, told me that you guys were opening the shop, and it was right by Jack's school. And so mm. we, I came in, and there was, like, this exhale in my spirit <laughs> because your, your space is so beautiful. It's really intentionally set up for community. There's, there's actually a, a section of your shop that is set up specifically for community. I'm going to have you talk about that. Um, and your people are really nice, and they pay attention. And everything, I, you can just feel the intentionality of how you guys engage with people and how you engage with coffee. And you guys also have beer and wine, and every part of the experience is so, so good. And so I would love for you to tell a little bit of the story of your vision for the shop, how you guys got started, and like a good espresso, like a good latte, what are the values that have to be in place for for me to walk into this beautiful experience when I when I walk into your shop way way too often? Mm-hmm. So I I wasn't a barista very long before we opened the shop. Um, I just fell in love with coffee, and we had the opportunity to. Uh, create a coffee space at our church that happened every Sunday morning 
and it was just drip coffee. And I stepped into the leadership role of of that coffee team. And instead of just going to HEB or Sam's Club and buying, you know, bulk coffee, I encouraged them, hey, we've got roasters in town and you can get a really good deal and not pay very much more for quality coffee that's been roasted locally and you're going to get a better cup of coffee. Uh, So I led them through buying better coffee locally and we would give it out for free and I created this environment where people could come and get their coffee and they really look forward to that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I created, you know, little coffee snobs there. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) The more and more I learned about coffee, the more I realized um, I want a future in coffee. I don't know what that looks like or how that's going to happen, but that's what I want to do. It's what I love. And I felt like I could uh, just as much bring people together and connect people and love people through this amazing drug. Uh, so, uh, um, yeah, well, the caffeine, I meant the caffeine. They're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> we know what it is. Uh, so I, I started where everyone else did at Starbucks and got an opportunity to work there for a very short time, learn the ropes on uh, coffee madness and, you know, the rush of a, you know, high volume shop and learned how to make all those special recipes. And there's so many good things I learned from them. So many qualities that came out of, you know, good customer service, a quality consistency, you know, it's different. They do things very differently, right. but that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I I learned a lot to take with me and develop what I wanted to with coffee. So when I did that, I realized, okay, I think I can do this. And most people do. When they realize they want to open their own shop, they say, I want to do this and I want to do it better. You know? Right. So that's what we did. We took, you know, the concept of great customer service, a quality of consistency and connecting people and had this vision to open a place where people were welcomed, but they were going to get an amazing product. Hmm. So you're rocking that. Oh, thank you. (laughs) That's where it started. You know, everything from the, the atmosphere you walk into to who we hire to make sure that that is an extended portion of your experience. Um, you know, it's, I love my team. I really do. And I, there's so many people, great people we've had on our teams, but uh, it's, you can train anyone to make great coffee. I, I think it's a select few that want to be an environment where they help people have a good experience. Yeah, definitely. So that's really important to us. We've hired people that know nothing about coffee, and we've hired people that have certifications for coffee. And, you know, depending on how much they really love um, people and serving and creating and um, being an artist, you know, matters. Right. It's good. It's good. Hey, thanks for listening to part one of our interview with James and Sandy Hughes 
there's already been a ton of value, a ton of amazing insights delivered in this first part. And we're not done. We're not done. Uh, I went ahead and split up this interview into two parts because I really felt the need to have this first part of the interview lay the foundation of their story. And then in the second part of the interview, we're going to really drill down into the meaning of community. And James and Sandy are going to deliver some real serious value and vulnerability that I think is really going to kind of blow your minds. It's amazing stuff. It's amazing stuff. So make sure that you tune in to part two of our interview with James and Sandy Hughes coming out soon.